You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here as always with Chris Winningham. Now that you've found us, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast provider. Also, check out all of the Five Reasons Sports podcasts. Type in Five Reasons Sports, and you'll get all 15 of them. Also, we're on the web, fivereasonsports.com. That's spelled out F-I-V-E, reasonsports.com. A couple new columns every day. In addition, all the latest breaking Miami sports news with a little bit of edge. And all of our podcasts in one place for both Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. So, no more excuses about not being able to find us. Also, go to our merchandise store. It seems like the most popular thing on there is actually our wrestling stuff. Our Smart Your Territory t-shirts have been selling, so go check that out as well. All right, today we're going to kind of move right into Chris's wheelhouse. I'm here with Winningham. We're actually on the. We're actually in Dade County right now as we speak, just barely, um, just barely. Our office is uh, off I-95, so we're, we're a little bit east um, of where, uh, wherever I live anyway. And uh, and right on 95 and, and just south of 125th Street. And so we're in Dade County. And this is where the soccer team was supposed to be. Now, not right here, not in this office, not on I-95, but a little bit further south of here, somewhere in downtown Miami, whether it was going to be on the Bay, whether it was going to be at Mel Reese, uh, whether it was going to be in Overtown, one of those many, many locations. It's not going to be there, at least not for a while. No, and it's not just going to be in Broward County. It's going to be in... Pretty north Broward County, as north of Broward County as it gets before you reach into Palm Beach County. Like, it is – I've driven there a couple of times in the last week. It's pretty far north of 595, which is kind of – I think of as the middle of Broward. Right. Uh, but uh, but it, it's up there. It's up there. It's up there. It's actually very close where I went to high school. So I, I went to Pinecrest, which is not too far from there. Pinecrest off Cypress Creek. And uh, this stadium is going to be off of commercial. And, of course, it's the site of the – Former Lockhart Stadium, and I can say former because they just tore that thing down. Um, well, they tore down a ticket booth. They have a lot. They, they, have, they have a lot of work to do. Uh, uh, they have a lot of work to do there. <laughs> and uh, and the other thing too that I imagine is pretty sad for you is they're tearing down the Fort Lauderdale Stadium, mm. which I I imagine you would have been to uh, many, many mo- times. Yeah, more than a few times. Well, I was a Yan- up here in I, South Florida. I, I was a Yankee fan growing up, so yeah, so I was there a lot. Um, I saw Dan Pasqua hit some monster shots there. He was supposed <laughs> he and Kevin Moss. The, the next Babe Ruth and Luke. I Garrick. mean, you could probably recite more players from that era than you can. Of oh now, no, right? no, it's true. Like uh, it's, uh, it has to be incredible. Oh, the '86 Mets, man. Like I know, <laughs> I, I not only do I know the entire 25-man roster, I know every call-up from the season. <laughs> 
and now if you ask me to name six Mets, I'd say Cindergard twelve times. Uh, so yeah, I mean it, it's it, it's changed for me. Obviously, I grew up with baseball; that was my sport. That and hockey. And now all we do on this podcast is talk basketball and football. And now today we're going to talk soccer. So, yeah. I, you know, and I have an interest in soccer because I did play that growing up as well. And my, my daughter is big time into it now. She just kind of went to a birthday party and just started dribbling. And we were like, oh, my God, look at that. And uh, and so now she's she's going on five and she's playing with seven-year-olds and she loves it. And so I can relate to, you know, the interest in soccer. Uh, in this market, but I, I guess the big question is, and it's the same question we, we, we've been asking two questions about this this uh, side or club or team or squad or whatever you want to call it uh, since the very beginning. And the two questions were were really this: uh, Will South Florida? Well, first thing, will it ever happen? Sure. And now it does appear it's going to happen. So it's not going to happen the way we thought it was going to happen, but it's going to happen. And the second question was, will it work? Mm-hmm. And the problem now is that the first question is bled into the second. Sure. Because it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen where it was supposed to happen. Right, and it's not going to happen, as you said, in the way in which it was supposed to. I mean, when David Beckham came here six years ago, um, he was he had visions of a waterfront stadium. He wanted to be on the water because I think he thought of Miami kind of in the way that people that come passing through here do, which is that it's about the beaches, mm-hmm. it's about the nightlife, it's about on the water, and I think... Um, in some respects, that's kind of the the deeper, or th- that's sort of the very surface level thought of Miami. And I think what he's come to experience over the six years is what Miami actually is, uh, from a political standpoint, from a work you need to do standpoint. It's a hard city to crack it in, mm-hmm. and I, I think he's he's found it to be a lot harder than he thought it was going to be. It has to be the thing in his life that's come to him the hardest, maybe other than actually growing up and playing soccer and reaching the highest level. Um, but I mean, in terms of since he's been famous and using his fame. Uh, uh, to, to get him just about anything in the world that probably has been pretty easy for him except for getting an MLS team in South Florida uh, but yeah I mean you're right the the, the way in which uh, this has come about it, it bleeds into the question of will it work um, they, they started a, a ticket drive yesterday I, I got I got I have, I'm already getting calls from a uh, ticket reps uh, they're they're trying to sell deposits for the first stadium for next year and I am I, I talk to a lot of diehards, right? I know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I know members of all three major supporters groups. Um, all, all of them tell me, like, they, a lot of them listen to Pitch Invasion, the soccer podcast here on the Five Reasons Sports Network, because I think we're covering soccer here in Inter Miami pretty damn well there. Um, but. I it I know they're going to be there. And someone told me yesterday mm-hmm. who lives actually right by uh, the Melrose Golf Course, like, dude, they could have put this thing in Jupiter and I would have been there. Right. And, and, and I'm in the same category. They're just people that are so into this that they're going to be there. But that's not who really we're talking about. That's who's going to fill an 18,000-seat stadium week in, week out, um, you know, in midweeks against Columbus Crew. Like, that. that's just not the, you know, there, there isn't a lot of glamour always in MLS. And so can you find the 18,000 people that will be there week in, week out? Uh, that is yet to be determined. Yeah, and a lot of it does have to do with location. And you mentioned it is a little bit north, and it's north of 595. And 595 can be you know, a pain in the ass certain times of the day. It's not quite the same pain in the ass as what we're looking at out here yeah. because we're close to the Golden Glades. But this plays into it because people are, who are coming from Miami, a lot of them are going to take this, this highway up, and they're going to be crawling like these cars are crawling now. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of, and then you get to the, you know, maybe you get to the express lanes, and you get to Broward, and then once you get to 595, you're crawling again, yeah, just to get past it. And then you got to go just a little bit west when you get off a of commercial. Also, the other thing about that area, th- there's some stuff on Cypress Creek now, but there's not a ton on Commercial West. No, and so it, you know, it's not. I mean, will things be built around it? We always hear that it never happens. And the other thing about Lockhart was, it's kind of sunk in there. 
you know, it's not right on the street. It's not on the main yeah. thoroughfare. You've got to kind of you got to drive in a little bit. Um, it it is problematic. Now I've always look. I always felt, and I want to talk about the Marlins on this pod because I, I think the Marlins play into a lot of this. Yes. Okay. Uh, but I always felt that you know, and part of this is a selfish thing. When I was living on off Las Olas, you know, in downtown Fort Lauderdale, which is a little bit south, obviously of commercial in Lockhart, but I always felt the best location for the Marlins Stadium would have been Broward Boulevard West. I, I that That's what I felt because mm-hmm. you were, uh, to me, you were drawing from Palm Beach. Um, you look at baseball uh, in terms of what their market is. I thought the, getting the entire entirety of South Florida made sense right off of 95. Like that, Especially now, Brightline goes right there. Right. That, that one made sense. Las Olas was close enough that people could spill out and go there. You look at the most successful baseball stadiums in the country. I mean, I was at the first game at Camden Yards, right? I was at one of the first games at Jacobs Field. I mean, those were stadiums that were built right in the heart mm-hmm. of their cities. Which Arizona, is, the same thing. Colorado, is, the same thing. Which is why MLS is fighting for this, because there are some stadiums that are right in the thick of it, and those right. are the ones that have worked. Right. I mean, uh, FC Cincinnati is trying to do this right now. They're building a new stadium, but, I mean, Portland is right in the middle of town. Seattle is right in the middle of t- like right in the middle of it all, where it all happens. And I think in kind of the mid-2000s period, um, MLS would have been fine putting a stadium in the Lockhart area. They didn't stay in Miami because the owner was bad and the league was was in really rough shape. They've come a long way mm-hmm. in the 20 years since. But, I mean, uh, basically the, the MLS team in Chicago plays at the equivalent of Lockhart Stadium there where it's way out of town. It's hard to get there. The MLS team in Columbus plays out of town. The MLS pl- uh, team in Denver doesn't even play really in Denver. They play in Commerce City, which is kind of a, a, a suburban town. The Dallas team plays in Frisco, uh, which is which is a suburb of 35 five minutes from town. I know because I went there for um, the Miami LSU game and there was an MLS game that weekend. It's a long haul to get there. Right. It's like a 40-minute Uber to get there. And for someone who lives in Brickell or in downtown or Wynwood is now developing and people want to live there, it's a long haul to get to, to, to Lockhart Stadium. And they're all, I mean, really the, the big sell for me of this club was always going to be how cool can it be? And it was really trending that way with David Beckham, with the election campaign, with the rollout of the logo. It looks cool. But now they're going to be playing in a place that is associated with the exact opposite. Can they build a place that's cool? Can they build a whole atmosphere and and, and a and a scenario around the stadium that's cool? Maybe they can. But um, right now, I mean, I kind of think of that as sort of a lame place to go. Again, it's a dilapidated hellhole now right. that's being torn to the ground. Can they rise, you know, in ten months, which is their construction idea, you know, something that is going to be a cool place to be? Well, they're going to need to put stuff around it. Uh, you can't just have the stadium and that area. I and mean, the only thing over there is the, is that little airport that. Exists. Executive yep. Airport, there's just not much there. I, I, but let's get into the Marlins here a little bit. And like I said, I, I thought you know Broward Boulevard for the Marlins always made sense. You know, in that downtown spot, Las Olas. I mean, you know, people think, oh, it's Fort Lauderdale, it's not Miami. Fort Lauderdale's better than a lot of major league cities. Okay, I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of what you have on Las Olas Boulevard and, and bleeding into the beach, it really should have a team. They should have a team, uh, but it's just and, that, and, and the Panthers don't count because it's so far west. Right. I mean, well, the Panthers are basically in a gated community. Yeah. I mean that's I mean that's what you I mean sunrise that's what you're at and and I don't know if the Panthers would have succeeded if they'd been good because uh, we haven't seen it um, you know maybe it happens this year with Quenville but I'm not going there again because I've I've done this with Dudley mm-hmm. and Keenan and DeBoer and thousand other coaches well, we there. did it last year just based off the did, promise right the, the promise never pays off but you know the thing with the Marlins is and I pulled this yesterday and a lot of Marlins fans there is a Marlins contingent on Twitter that there's a virulent strain of Marlins fans yeah. That just will, and you and I have been very fair to the Marlins, I believe, very fair uh, in terms of the Jeter regime, but and understanding where they've come off of the Laurier regime. But there's a strain of Marlins fan. You cannot say anything negative about their team 
In their eyes, Christian Yelich has never had a home run that counted. <laughs> uh, and so this group, I put it up there basically to troll them. I said, you know, I pulled it. Would you, if, if you knew that this soccer team could get a prime space in Miami if the Marlins had just left, yep. in other words, had not bilked the city mm-hmm. and the county for that stadium and just left, but you knew Beckham would get his team in a spot, would you be okay with that? And 43% said yes. That's a pretty high number, 1,200 votes. That's well, and, and I think, I mean, if you sold it as, uh, we're going to replace the, we're going to tear the Orange Bowl to the ground, kind of like, I mean, it's kind of what's happening at Lockhart now, where you're right. replacing a stadium which, for the people of Broward, has a lot of history. But if you tear the Orange Bowl to the ground, but you replace it with a 40,000-seater stadium that's going to host a, an MLS team and the University of Miami football team, I think a lot of people would sign oh. up for that immediately. Well, if you threw, immediately. The, if, if you threw UM in there. Yeah. yeah. If you threw UM in there. But I, but the Marlins play into this because, I, I mean, I, that to me is the biggest thing Beckham's been fighting. Yeah. Is that nobody, it doesn't matter what he proposed. It makes no difference. Mm-hmm. Nobody believed it. Right, right. Nobody I, believed – every time he said, we're not, we're not asking for tax dollars. It's all, and I, I would get it in my mentions all the time. So, so what are we paying for this? So how, 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 are, we, we're not how are we getting anyway. swindled? How are we getting swindled? And now, um, you know, the, the advocates – and look, I, I, I admire people like Billy Corbin on Twitter that want the best for their community. And they're always on the hunt for people who are trying to take advantage of, uh, advantage of communities. Um, I think they're being a little overzealous in terms of their opposition uh, to, to the, the overtaking of the golf course. I don't – I mean, you can say green space all you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, it's flyover green space. It's not actually green space. It's right. it's it's a golf course that you have to pay like ninety five dollars to get on. Um, you, the only real association people have with it is either driving past it on the A thirty six or flying over it to get to MIA. A lot of people don't use that green space, um, and maybe maybe it is a real estate grab. And frankly, um, noticing yesterday um, out, out at the site. It's also uh, a means for Jorge Mas. It's actually kind of diabolical in a way. I hadn't really thought of it um, because we don't really associate owners with well, what do they own? What what do they own that could bring value to the team? For for a lot of te- for a lot of teams, it's well, they own a company that could then sponsor the club. What I hadn't realized that I mean, Jorge Mas basically owns an infrastructure company, right? He like they they get a lot of contracts and they do a lot of things that it's it's all about infrastructure. He's building his own stadium with his own company, basically. Right. If, you, if you look at the signage outside of the stadium, it all says Mostec. Um and and so th- he's basically building his own stadium. And so in some respects, he's kind of giving himself work. But um, I, I think I think you've seen the Marlins after effect with every time. I mean, I, I've been to city government meetings as much as I don't want to. I have been uh, and, and listened to commissioners make the case and members of the public. Uh, there was like a five hour public comment for one of them when uh, it was initially when, when the Mel race idea was in, initially pitched. And so is how is this like the Mar like the Mar the word Marlins gets thrown around so much. And that's the legacy of it. And even this ownership group has said the word Marlins, like the, the Marlins legacy has tainted this for us and it's made it hard. And again and again, you see how difficult it is for in Miami because ultimately it's not necessarily that any uh, any politician is that opposed to the idea. It's they're opposed to uh, when they're up for election, when they're being remembered 20 years from now, are you going to be the commissioner, the elected official that said yes to another stadium in Miami when it got mayors recalled and it's a black mark against every politician that signed up for it. People here in Miami will hate the politicians and David Sampson for doing that deal for the remainder of time because of how much tax dollars uh, went into it. And is anyone really going to have the pol- the political will? What is the political will for someone to say yes to another project when it might harm their political futures? Uh, but and I and like he's a follower of Five Reasons Sports and I've known him a long time. But like David Sampson needs to just shut up about this, doesn't he? <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I mean, he, he caused it, right? Like, I mean, he caused it. They caused this. And yet uh, he's on there. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I admire the chutzpah, um, to use use a term that David and I from the same tribe would share. <laughs> but, like, it's unbelievable to me. I mean, it's like you swindled the city. Now, congratulations. Stop talking about it. Yeah. Stop, stop, like, stop taking a victory lap. Like, right. like what are you celebrating? Right. I mean, I, it's it's, re- I mean, it's remarkable. I, in fairness to him, he did his job, right? But yeah, I, I, He did I, his hatchet job for Loria, right? Well, I mean, it's not just his hatchet job. His job is to increase the value of the Marlins. He did. He, he undoubtedly increased the value proposition of the Miami Marlins and what they were worth. I mean, hell, they got $1.2 billion for the team, and at least in part that's because, you know, $480 million worth of taxes, uh, you know, spread out over 30 years that might be paid out at a, at a, at a number even higher than that um, are, are going into the stadium. So uh, he did his job. I, I do think, though... And, and this is the one thing that um, Inter-Miami really struggled with for a long time because they didn't have local owners, is that I do think a sports team is not just a business. And I get it when people like David Sampson say that, and he, there, he's also been talking about um, the minor league thing where you, you don't bring up certain players, and that makes sense from a business standpoint. I do think you, you're not just the owner of a sports team. You're the custodian of a major gathering point in a community. And I, I do think that the Beckham group struggled to understand that for a long time. Jorge Mas certainly gets it a lot more, but I still think people are dubious of him and his endgame. Um, I'm not. I, I, I think that um, he, he's obviously been willing to put his whole, his money into this. Um, it's it's a lot of money that you would have to in order to build two stadiums, um, but he's clearly willing to do it because he wants to make this work. But, um, but yeah, I mean, at, at the same time, uh, I, I just don't I, – I don't understand why you can't tell the difference between the Marlins and Inter-Miami, but I do get – that when the Marlins are, did not necessarily uphold their end as custodians of a community, you know, centerpiece, um, why every fan now is sort of dubious of it all. I mean, the, the the Dolphins dealt with it when they asked for state taxes. I think they got some some public backlash for that. Uh, it, and then when they didn't get it, they were kind of laughed at. That they didn't get it. Um, Obviously, I mean, the, the the Heat, I'll be interested to see um, how that ends up going because they have a new uh, rights deal to negotiate in the mm-hmm. county. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Once that, um, there because of their success, that there hasn't been nearly as much scrutiny on their deal uh, to get their stadium. But at the time, it was it was a hot button issue. Um, this is now a, a major 
uh, sort of political third rail that you just don't touch. You just don't touch this third rail, and and I think you see it again and again. Uh, Inter Miami struggle with this. The the crazy thing is is that they show up in Fort Lauderdale, and, and and this is sort of what the conversation we wanted to have. So they show up in Fort Lauderdale, and within two months they're done. Right. In two months they're done. Well, because they, Fort Lauderdale's desperate for something. Well, I mean, and not it's only that, different. not only that, but we have this stadium that we don't know what to do with. Our voters passed a referendum to fix this place, even even if it's just to tear it down and put a park there that's enough you know if we, I, you know as, as a replacement for the dilapidated hellhole that's there um but Fort Lauderdale I mean they get it done straight away you're right I mean th- there is an incentive for them they want to be seen as more pro-business they want to seen as a city that's growing again and you know having David Beckham standing in the city of Fort Lauderdale uh, and having you know the I mean I imagine still even on the television broadcast they'll show you video of South Beach of course but uh but uh, <laughs> like Miami Gardens across the street from the uh the racetrack <laughs> Uh, the question no, no, over the I, racetrack and, gas stations. And yet here I was thinking that Hard Rock, uh, you know, was right across the street from the Colony Hotel. Right. Who would have thought? But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it might still be a video of South Beach, but Fort Lauderdale is going to be, you know, showpiece for an international club. It makes international headlines every time they do anything. But, I mean, it is remarkable having seen this process, even with legal challenges. It started and ended in like three months. They, they submitted a proposal. It was approved. And now they're working and, and already – you know, a, a bulldozer is at least taking out some of that stadium. I mean, that is such a difference from Miami. They've been trying for six years, and they're still not over the line. In Fort Lauderdale, they get over the line in three months. Well, I wonder like, if they, I, 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 wonder I, if get, they look, I get why they want to do this. I wonder if they look back and then think we just should have gone to Lauderdale three years ago just um, to get it done. I mean, I, I understand trying, but like, I, but what's funny about Lauderdale is that there are certain things that never get done. Um, you, you look at uh, Riverfront, which I yeah. mean has been, I mean, uh, falling shell apart of for a while, for yeah, fifteen years. Like I, I lived down there. Like that was when Riverfront was first built. It was like this, you know, sparkling. It was like, oh, you know, we don't have to go down to the Grove. Like, okay, we have, you know, we have this, you know, this area. It's right on the water. Venice, you know, the, uh, you know, the the Venice of America and all this, which you know, Fort Lauderdale with all the canals and everything else and the big boats and the bridges and all that, and it was a great spot. And then it sort of started to fall apart slowly and I was in you know kind of my late 20s early 30s living down there and you know you you go down you know on the west side of riverfront and there were all sort of the bars and everything and those are still there um and then they rebuilt the other side of Las Olas, the east side of Las Olas, and it's beautiful with all the restaurants and the r- ridiculously high rents where the, you know, where the the stores are in and out of there. But the part in the middle, Riverfront, never got rebuilt. So, you know, look, there are other things happening in Broward. You know, you look at you know what's happening at Hard Rock, where the new guitar is almost up, with the hotel, and that's going to be a, a huge destination once they finally get that finished. Where where I know your family lives and I live down in Pembroke, you know, gardens and stuff. Yep. They've created something, huge. creating something out west. The biggest mall in the world, or in the country, is going in my backyard. Okay, yep. right in Miramar, right by the Turnpike, right on the county line. So there's a lot of stuff that's happening north of Miami. Sorry, Giancarlo Navas and others <laughs> uh, in our network who want us to move. By the way, watch party. Watch party next Tuesday. We should mention that. Yes, we're uh, in Miami. We're in Miami. We're in tap, Midtown. Tap 42 in Midtown Miami. We're finally going down to Miami for the NBA draft lottery. Tap 42 will have free appetizers. Uh, you can buy your own beer and sink your sorrows when we don't get Zion. <laughs> but uh, but it's an NBA draft lottery party starting at 7 o'clock. But there's a lot of stuff going on in Broward, uh, but they don't have a team other than the Panthers. And like you said, the Panthers are west, and there's some other stuff going on there. Metropica's going up. You've got Sawgrass Mills and everything. But the team has been so bad that it just, you know, I mean, I, I hate to say it because I know there's a dedicated, very small fan base, and I like going to Panthers games. It's close to where I live. But if they left, it really wouldn't make a huge impact. No. 
And honestly, if the Marlins left it at this point, no. it wouldn't make a huge impact. And so, you know, we're trying to get a sports network up by trying to care about all the teams. But the reality is we know w- where the numbers are. Mm-hmm. And I-, I guess let's go to this to close. So in the context of the Marlins and the Panthers and in the context of being in not even central Broward County, yeah. but north sort of not even west, but kind of north central mm-hmm. in terms of the east-west designation – is there any chance? I mean, I'm assuming the, I'm assuming the players are now going to live. A lot of them are going to live on Las Olas, actually. You think, those yeah. Condos um, that are going up like every block. But uh, can this team pass the Marlins and the Panthers? Because I I think the ceiling is fourth, right? Like the ceiling is yeah. I, it's fourth. I mean, it's it's like the Dolphins can be horrendous for the next twenty years. They're not going to drop out of the top two. And neither are the Heat. And no MLS, no MLS team really across the country is is reaching that territory, except in cities where they don't have all the major sports. Right, Portland is like that. Seattle, I mean, Seattle, they kind of you know they're they're there thereabouts with the Mariners, um, and then you know, obviously the NBA could potentially come in there. The NHL is going there, um, but I mean, there just aren't MLS teams that carry, particularly from a television standpoint, that level. But I, I, to me, it's can they sell the games out? Are they are they attracting stars and can they win games? And I think the answer to all three, all three of those questions is yes. Um, I, I I still I don't know. I would love to find out from the club, and I'll certainly try and ask and and find it, find out from as many people as I can how the sales of those deposits are going, how how their ticket sales are going. I mean, really, there there aren't very many places across America where new MLS teams are failing to sell out and and failing to draw crowds, but. If it doesn't go well in the first year, um, if there are you know kind of boring games in midweek, uh, th- there there are certainly chances to see empty seats. But um, I, I just I just don't know. I don't know right. um, if you're from Miami. I mean, realistically, the thing that I think helps MLS most is the schedule. Um, for the most part, they play they play Saturday night at 7 p.m. and and there's just there aren't as many traffic concerns. Mm-hmm. There aren't as many difficulties with getting to a stadium. It's just it, it's not. They'll play a lot on Sundays too. Like they very rarely play in the middle of the week. Um, it's almost entirely Saturdays and Sundays, and I, I just don't know if it'll be uh, that big of an issue. I, I just kind of wonder, you know, particularly during the summer months, um, the, the 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 time slot for Univision is sun- Saturday afternoon, mm. so there could be like some 4 p.m. games in June. Um, if there isn't enough cover for the fans, are you going to sit in the sun? Are you going to go if it's raining, for instance? Um, which a, a lot of people certainly make that decision for outdoor sporting events. Ah, it's raining. I don't know if I'm going to go. Right. Um, so so there are those concerns, but I I just I. I honestly don't know um, what the dynamic is going to be for fans wanting to come from Miami-Dade. And also, if there aren't enough from Miami-Dade coming, do they have enough credibility with Fort Lauderdale by virtue of what's happened um, in the last few months, um, by virtue of just being aware of this team? Uh, or are the people of Broward going mm. to support it, right. um, you know, almost as much? And then obviously what happens, you know, as news starts to come in about their move potentially to Miami, if that lease it does eventually get approved by the city of Miami to start building a new stadium, what happens when they start to maybe transition to another facility? Um, I, I don't know the answer to those questions, um, but from a Broward point of view, I'm interested because this is their chance really to support a major sports team. Um, well, I, I, well I their, their other chance was the Panthers. But, I, but the but Panthers, it's the Panthers not, haven't it's given That's not for Lauderdale, though. It's not for right. Lauderdale, it's Broward County. Um, but there's I, actually more. Uh, but there's actually more families out there. I don't. I, mean, I don't think this is families, though. I. I, I don't. No. I don't. I don't. Soccer is not families. Soccer okay. for me, that's done well. It's not families. It's young adults. Mm-hmm. Young adults from bar and pub culture um, that want to do something no bars cool. Bars and pubs over there. See. See. That's. See. See. I, that. That is what they have to align here. If. If this stadium was west of Broward Boulevard, west of I ninety five off Broward Boulevard, 
where you could get a shuttle to Las Olas. Yeah. That's bar and pub crawl. I mean, they have pub crawls on Las Olas. They have pub mm-hmm. crawls on Himmershi. You know, you go, I mean, a lot of it's changed. Tarpon Bend's not there anymore, but there's a lot of places you can go, township, whatever. Okay, go down the street. Okay, you've got uh, uh, YOLO, et cetera. You start there, you walk down the street, and you can go all the way down to the beach. If you're going to create that atmosphere, that's great. But like you said, the, I mean, again, I'm a Broward person, so i I'm familiar with all this. You're, you're talking, you know, you're talking commercial to Oakland to Sunrise to Broward Boulevard, right? And then Broward Boulevard, you got, it, there is no exit for Las Olas, so you've got to go. It's Bro, it's between Broward Boulevard and Davie. So you're talking basically three and a half exits, okay? Which that can be cluttered over there because you're close to 595. Mm-hmm. So going south. Yeah. Okay, it bottles up near 595. So you could be talking about going, and you know, I haven't done ways, whatever you call it, or whatever the thing is, you know, to figure out, you know, how, how I'm not as high tech as you, <laughs> but like, but like, I, you know, I just whatever, throw my GPS, it sends me the wrong place. But, <laughs> but, if, but you, you, you leave the stadium, and you get through, even getting through sort of little traffic grid that you might have there when you're leaving the parking, and you're probably talking 20 minutes to get to Las Olas. Mm. If now Saturday night, maybe not. Okay, yep. Saturday night maybe not. Maybe especially Saturday around four ish. Well, if it lets out at seven, if if it lets out at ten o'clock, it gets a little bottled up near five ninety five at that time, and people are going to Las Olas. But you can get probably two off at Broward Boulevard in about twelve to fifteen minutes, maybe. Yeah. So that's not too bad, but it's a different situation. Again, if this stadium was just west on Broward Boulevard, now, I understand why they put it where they did, but they're gonna have to. There's warehouses back there. Yep. I mean, they got to. It's it's mainly. I mean, that whole area. We used to work there, uh, where the CBS Interactive Building right. is. It's basically a bunch of corporate offices. That's all it is. It's and a the, corporate uh, park, basically. Right. So there's nobody. Uh, there's nobody of. There's nothing of value there for anybody on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. It's just nothing. And there's. It's not even like a movie theater you go to. There's. Not, it's just nothing. They're going to have to create something now. In some places, like even smaller cities, they've done this. Like you look at. Um, <coughs> it doesn't always work because the team hasn't been good until this year. They're okay. But like the Orlando Magic, when they built the new arena, they just created like two streets. So there's the one main street. I always forget the name of it, but the main street. The church? Downtown, it might be church. The downtown Orlando. But then they built like sort of a cross street that has a few restaurants and bars mm-hmm. and a hamburger and, place. And the Orlando City Stadium is like right down the street. Right. So they've created a little something. They're going to have to create at least, I mean, look, what we do better in South Florida than anything else is strip malls. Like, that is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they, they just need to create a couple of, you know, little streets. That's it. Okay, with Or even create or something on premises, right? Right. Three or yeah. four bars, something, uh, where there's a place to go afterwards where you can watch everything else, uh, hang out. You know, maybe we're talking about during the summer, not going to be NBA games or anything like that, but... I. I, I just I think that you you have to create something because there's just nothing over there. And look, that was to me to be the same issue with Mel Reese. I mean, people talk Miami like everything in Miami is glamorous. Yeah, everything in Miami is not glamorous. No, it's not. Okay, now if you're going to be near the Heat Arena, okay, where at least uh, Bayside is not great, but at least it's something, right? And you and you are across the causeway from from South Beach, and you, you can go to some pockets of downtown Miami, and you're not far from Midtown and from Brickell you know, and, and Brickell yeah. and, and all that, all that. Um, not that far from Winwood. From Winwood, right? Which has become kind of the spot. Like y- y- there are places that you can go down there, um, but you're talking I mean, the Marlins Stadium. They didn't build anything. Yeah, nothing there. Yeah, and 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 that's sort of part of the idea with with you know basically redoing the golf course is basically creating that of your own, right? And and trying to you know basically while you're also running a, a soccer stadium, you're also running a development business. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I think that's kind of the idea there. But I mean, yeah, I I don't I don't know. 
um, if alone the 90 minutes of a game on Saturday is enough to draw 18,000 people there. Just because I, I don't, <laughs> I really only kind of know take it or leave it people, which are either, you know, they're all the way in. I mean, I know people that live in Kendall that are willing to make the drive up just because of, you know, what, right. how, how much they like soccer. And then there are people just all the way out where it's like if it was in my backyard, I'd close the drapes. Can, can they, right, can they draw Boca? Because to me, that, that's, good look, if, you, if they can draw Boca Del Rey, Boca, Boca to commercial go in that direction 25, 30 minutes, right? If they can draw Boca, I, I think it's going to be hard to draw from the West at times. Ca- can they draw Boca? Because if they can get there, there is money there, as we know. But they put a stadium, an FAU stadium there. The team's been pretty good, not yeah. this past year, but I mean the year before with Kiffin. Don't I went to the bowl game there? There was nobody there, and it's it's impossible to get to in turn like if but it's if, off ninety five. No, though. no, I mean impossible to get to like on a game day. Like yeah. I went I went there for a U.S. men's national team game, right? And the stadium was half full. Right. It took me an hour and a half to get to, to to you know to get to my parking spot. Like it was a ridiculous bottleneck. So I mean obviously the game day experience goes into all of it. Um, I just don't know like like what because you're saying Boca and Del Rey, uh, and to me like, I think of it as it, it's a young adult fan base now right and I, and I don't know the best way to reach that group I think also um the 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 TV and radio rights and all that stuff will play a big role because <laughs> there are some there are some teams now that are going to streaming services mm-hmm. and I just don't know if you're building fan base that way um, what happens with uh, the Fox Sports Florida moving to Sinclair now and and, wh- and whether or not uh, they, they still maintain their relevance having the teams and if you can get on those networks that would be great as a means of cross promotion but um, I, I just don't know the 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 math for the eighteen thousand they got they got to fill eighteen thousand seats. Um, I, I think the stadium will be pretty nice because I was talking to someone there who described to me the way that Vancouver Stadium was built. It was a temporary stadium that they used before they moved back in. Their stadium was their their full time stadium had was um, there was a construction on a roof. And so they built the, one of these kinds of stadiums. It's called a modular stadium that they basically – it's already built. They just have to piece it together. And it ended up being really nice for Vancouver. But um, but I don't know if that stadium is going to be nice enough. And I don't know what the calculus is. And maybe they're doing research on this. They kind of have to do research for two sites right now. Um, what their fan is going to be at that site, um, how much they're willing to travel – um, how much they're willing to kind of deal with maybe minor inconveniences of using the bright line and then getting you know on, on a car. I don't know if maybe they're going to be involved. I know that I, I think one of the uh, one of the members of the ownership group has investments in Lyft. Right. That certainly would be helpful uh, in in getting people there. But um, I I just don't know what the calculus is that adds up to eighteen thousand pool, pooling from the South Florida community. There are tons of soccer fans here. Um, again, there, we, we, I had a conversation with Fernando Fiore on my podcast um, about you know the snobbery that comes from with with certain people. He doesn't understand it. Why you'd be a fan of Barcelona and not want to go watch a team live? That doesn't right. make any sense to me. If you like the sport, why wouldn't you want to watch it live? Um, uh, and so, uh, can you convert those fans? Um, there are so many groups of people that theoretically could be consumers. I don't know what it adds up to on a game day. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll see. Um, but obviously, not the way it was supposed to. Turn out, which kind of feels like South Florida sports in general. All right, check out our watch party Tuesday night. Tuesday night, Tap 42, Midtown. We got a good location. Miami Midtown. <laughs> uh, we'll be right there. There is apparently, because you know how I am about parking, um, there is apparently garage parking there, which should help. Um, Giancarlo Navas, Alex Toledo, and others from Heat Beat will be there, as uh, will myself and some others. We will watch uh, the balls drop, basically, um, and, and see if the Heat get get Zion or more likely because we'll be there drop from 13 to 14. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fire in the Podcast. Thank you so much.
we plan to break our streak and in a huge, huge way. If you're not familiar with Five Reasons Sports Watch Parties, we are zero. We're awful. So we're having a, a watch party for the NBA lottery. The Heat have the 13th best odds uh, to move into the top four and the 13th best odds to get the number one overall pick. The only failure is if the team in 14th, which I believe is Sacramento, um, ends up you know, jumping Miami and Miami moves down from 13 to 14, which really incrementally isn't that big. So this is kind of only good things can happen watch party. If we move down to 14, we will definitely be blamed for that. Whereas if we succeed, mm-hmm. we succeed in the most spectacular fashion, a 4.8% chance to finish in the top four. If we pull that off, our fortunes will change. So here's where we're doing it. It's going to be in Dade County. Tap 42, familiar with Tap 42, great beer. We're going to have some free appetizers there. The shop's at Midtown, 3252 Northeast 1st Avenue. All right, so come watch Zion to the Heat. This is happening. you're calling it. Zion (laughs) to the Heat. And then Pat Riley's going to be a genius all over again. See you Tuesday night, the 14th, Tap 42, Midtown Miami. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.